Hey y'all, the episode you're about to listen to is just a snippet of a larger interview. If you'd like to listen to the full interview, you can find it in our Patreon. The link is provided below, or you can go online at www.patreon.com forward slash keep100 underscore pod. Thank you for listening. Cue music. Welcome back to another episode of Keep 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. I am one of your co-hosts, Dakota. I'm the more sane, less annoying co-host, Chorsey. And we have another special guest with us, one of my good friends, Justin Jones. Justin, say hello to the audience. What's good, y'all? What's good? How y'all doing? Woo-woo! What's up, man? How's it going, bro? Life is good, man. Thanks for having me. This is dope. Dude, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Okay, we got two uh, guests so far, both because of me. You're welcome. You oh, know. fuck you. Two, <laughs> you know, how, two strong men you? that I know I want to talk to. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's for the good of the show. It's for the good of the show. I know how to pick them. How to cut how to pick them. That's been. nice. Somebody has to. Bitch, I'll end this show right the fuck now. <laughs> I'll cut your ass off the logo, cut your ass off the name. I'll give a fuck. Move on, move on. Justin, how you been, bro? It's been a while. I know we kind of. I think I think the last time I saw you was when it was Atlanta. Yeah, last time you saw me, you helped me move back home. So it's it's been hot, hot a minute because we moved down. It's been. Minute. A little bit after 11 months? No, after my birthday. Okay, so 10 months. Like, at my birthday. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dang! Wow! wow. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's been a minute. I feel like I think we talked on the game however long ago that was. So, that was the most recent, but it's been, it's been a long time since you've been a slutty vegan. <laughs> it's a slutty vegan, bro. Oh, that's so good. I'm sorry, what? The city misses you. The city misses you for sure. I missed that city. That's, that was, that's some of the most fun I've had in the city. Um, Slutty Vegan Chorsey is this uh, vegan like burger place um, in Atlanta and it was so good and that was like before I was even really eating vegan like I am now really? because of are you vegan now? well Vic is vegan so a lot of stuff we eat is vegan like I'll still like I'll add chicken to stuff yeah. or have shrimp or like when I go out to eat, I'll eat whatever but a lot of the uh, meals we eat at home are vegan because I don't care enough to add it and it's still really good food um Yes, Dorsey. It is. It's called Slowly Vegan, and it is very good. Um, and they get like a. What did the announcers say? Like when you they get somebody like on a mic. We got a new slut in the house. <laughs> What's good, sluts? Yeah. Yo, we got a virgin. <laughs> Yo, it was wild. Yo, I swear. Like I swear, some of the old folks going there. I swear, their booty cheeks be so tight when they be like, "What's good?" <laughs> I swear, like they just nod up. Like, who are you talking <laughs> to? You know. You? <laughs> what do you think you're coming to? You <laughs> little slut. Itty bitty restaurant. Who are you talking to? Can't be me. Uh, and they make eye contact with you as you come in. You know they're calling you a slut. I know. And you can't help but be a part of it because, like, the whole staff is just so hyped to call you a slut that you kind of mm-hmm. got to just eat it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top two restaurants was between uh, Slutty and uh, 
Barney's, wasn't it? You remember Barney's? Oh, was the one for breakfast? Yeah, with the velvet candies. Dude, I want to go back to that. Oh, so right bougie, now, dude. So bougie. That was so. That was not. I had um. Of course, you'd really like it because it's like more upscale and not white version of another broke bitch. Ah, another bro- okay. another broke egg cafe. Another broke bitch. Not oh, I heard because I've heard the one in Miami. I've heard of the, the baby bit in Miami, but I haven't heard another one. I was like another broken egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, another broke bitch. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We get to that a bunch um, in Indianapolis. We always forget the name of it, so it's called another broke bitch. Oh my goodness. Um, that's us. Just two more broke bitch in the spot. You, yeah, you would like it, Taurus. Man, okay. it has been ten months. You gotta come back. I got I got to come back. I got to come back. I'll, I'll find a vacation. Yo, just make up one. <laughs> you know I teach we got the summer off, bro. What's good? There, boom, got it. We got to do it. Um So man, you know, big updates. What what's a major life event that has happened to you since the last time I saw you? Oh, you mean me getting married? Oh my god. Oh baby. Ooh-wee. <laughs> so, um we got married on Ooh, what day was that? July 24th. Oh, you better yes, know. You cannot oh. say that. It was July 24th because it was four days before the anniversary. Don't try me. Um, the goal was to get... Joyce and I both panicked. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I know she's... The... I saw her, bro. She's in the house. No, she's not. She's not. She's married on July 24th of this year. Um, we got married pretty much where we met. So I met we uh, mm-hmm. in undergrad. Uh, one of her friends introduced us or whatever. I didn't want to meet her. She didn't want to meet me. But we met. <laughs> the Athens had a great time. I was back. Long story short, I was back up there in five days to spend time up there and help her move out and all that stuff. Um, and I was in Athens when she was staying up there. And so we, I remember our first date up there. We went to that same garden. Gosh, she kind of showed me around Athens, and it was super dope. So it was cool to bring it full circle. We did a same day proposal and wedding. <gasps> How does that work? I know, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. We have a whole video. Y'all want to sneak the video? I got it. It's mad cute. It's so cute. Um, but we did a same day proposal and wedding where um, pretty much, and again, I didn't just surprise her with the wedding, right? I kind of asked, I, not even kind of, I did ask her months in advance, would you be okay with the, the idea of the same day wedding? She was like, yeah, that'd be great. At first she was hesitant. She said, yeah, that'd be great. And so then mm-hmm. I had to start with the process of talking to all the the grandparents and the moms and dads and, uh, you know, the moms and dads and the grandparents that the usual things that they do. But at the end of it all, mm-hmm. it worked out pretty great. And her grandfather actually ended up officiating the wedding, which is pretty sick. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so, so cute. The day started out, we did a photo shoot. Uh, we did a photo shoot that turned into a proposal. We walked into the garden. Everybody was there dressed in white. Um, I was like, you trying to marry me or not? She was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was like, verbatim. I know, verbatim, <laughs> straight like that. And then... Um, then I was really like, she's trying to get married today. She was like, what? Yeah. So we got married the uh, same day. We had the dress all picked out. All, we had the arch ready. Uh, my team was incredible. We had music. We had vows. We had rings. We had the champagne toast afterward. We had a whole cool reception. And we did it without going into debt. This wedding was, yeah, there was a debt-free wedding. Everything was pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, no catering, but we had the restaurant to ourselves. Because shout out to COVID. Um, mm. It was dope. The night was a dream come true. And like, I it's not the kind of thing that can happen like twice in a row. Like it was a really it was a dream come true. Once in a lifetime experience. Bro, the bar is high. <laughs> what? First of all, I didn't know you could 
do that all in the same day. Oh, the thought yeah. never crossed my mind. Man. Well, first of all, Chorsen, congratulations. Your, your, your dream wedding cannot happen in one day. Oh, hell no. Okay. <laughs> There's no we, way. We, we will discuss Chorsey's dream wedding in a bit, but... <laughs> Yeah, I I was so mad when you were releasing all, like the little clips and like parts. Uh, I was like, drop the whole video already. Drop the Honestly, video. I've, drop the. Score. I've been hearing about this for months. I knew this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I know because Dakota's been on the ground floor since I first started talking. I was like, yeah, I'm saving for this ring, trying to get this money because I started saving for it early when I first, as soon as I got my very first teaching job. So like the Great Oaks little Great Oaks Fellowship thing wasn't wasn't, wasn't paying enough. But as soon as I got the job, like as a full time yeah. teacher, I was like, okay, bet I can actually save for a ring and stuff. So safe for the ring came uh came back for Labor Day, which is when Dakota helped me move. Um well not that day, but helped me move out of that apartment. <laughs> saved so much money staying in Atlanta. Yeah. Saved so much money yeah. in Atlanta and not keeping an apartment in Jersey. And um it worked out really well. Like financially worked out really well. I was able to save by the ring cash. This is like like debt free experience got married with no debt at all. And that was really the yeah. goal was like to not be so we already got some money. I'm not trying to be set back with wedding and mm-hmm. all that stuff too. And I'm also not trying to wait a year being engaged just to save for a wedding when the goal is to be married anyway. So mm-hmm. it was great, man. It was dope. All around. Oh. I guess, wow, I guess I have been like, because I remember when you moved back up over the summer mm-hmm. or when you moved back to Jersey after the summer, moving into that apartment, and then you kind of like had realized, like made the decision. Yeah. That's like, yo, it's, it's Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is how it went, isn't it? Yeah. It was that quick. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm through it's, it's kind of, You kind of got there and you're like, thanks, uh, co-driver. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Be blessed. You, you can go home now. You can go. Yeah, that was, woo. Man, that, that took, I felt so bad about that for months. Mm-hmm. But um, it's part of the story, man. It's part of the story. So. Yeah. Kind of one of those things. Damn. It is. But it's super adorable. Because the pictures came out amazing. They did. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, and it's great. The family's going to absolutely love them. Again, this is one thing I'm dragging with is like actually getting things they don't tell you about when you get married. is like getting photos, getting your wedding photos back and then actually sending them to family and stuff. Like It's one thing that they get them back. But like, you know, when you get married, especially when you do like a same day proposal and wedding, it's a lot of pictures. And so, mm-hmm. like going through those pictures, picking out the ones that are that kind of tell the story the best. Um, our day was running a bit behind because the love of my life was taking a bit longer than usual with her makeup, and so <laughs> we ran out of daylight. So we got married in the dark, but um, <laughs> we didn't get married in the complete dark. But you had to be there. <laughs> it's sure you had to be there to get the full experience. The pictures turned out great. The pictures look like a movie, but um, mm-hmm. I swear, people out here getting married these days look like movie trailers. But like it really did look like a movie because it was just flash and like brick walls and stuff. So it was super dope. Mm-hmm. But it was dark. Um, so between getting all those photos back from the full day it took months, and so we're just now getting to the point where we're able to actually like send out the photos. Got married in July. <laughs> it's yeah. November, bro. <laughs> we're really <laughs> trying, but you know, it takes a minute, bro. It takes a minute. But all's good with the Joneses. All's good with the Joneses. For sure. Man. What were we gonna say, Joyce? Uh, no, I'm just I I'm still flabbergasted at the idea of doing that, and I, I love the fact that y'all at least discussed this. You didn't just throw this on her because mm-hmm. that don't seem healthy. 
So I do like the fact you have that healthy communication. Okay. <laughs> you talked about this and, you know, got that blessing, that consent. Man. And that's, that's so logical, though. Like you said, especially to be able to get and do that, express the, the love that you want to express and be debt free. <laughs> <laughs> that's key that's a big part definitely man i applaud you for that sir i applaud you i mean the whole reason we did it is because I, I was i was hanging out with my mentor um and the way we were talking it was just kind of like man like because i was planning a proposal event right so at first mm-hmm. i was planning a proposal event, but all oh, you were all going to go to the garden we're all going to wear all white she's going to say yes we're going to go to dinner afterward and i was like man like we both were like man this sounds a lot like a wedding dog like everybody's going to be there so why not get married the same i was like could we you know, sometimes it takes the right person to like share your vision with the person is like, yo, we could definitely do this. You know, having the right yeah. person that really believes in like, we can really do this. And you can do some really incredible things. You have the right team behind you. So I had a team of like five people helping me. Mom helped me get the dress together. I took care of the location. I had a person, who, I had a friend from undergrad who was a um, wedding slash event planner. So she was able to really leverage her connections um, get us like a picnic table with like the flowers and stuff on it and like the, the yes day logo and her little bouquet for when she when we got married and tea like candles for everybody it was dope and I couldn't have done it without like having a truly incredible team like that but yeah that would have been impossible it sounds crazy until you have a team and you're like okay this is actually possible now that I have a team so. yeah utilize those uh, delegation skills Bruh. Oh my goodness. Help me just show up, please. <laughs> wow. We've really grown up. This is a long way from the Oaks. Oh, it's such a long way. <laughs> Days of ratchetry. Oh. You know? oh, oh goodness. Oh, I know. Gotta love growth. We you gotta love growth. Gotta gotta love growth. Gotta love growth. Um we discussed the not on the show. We discussed the Winnie the Pooh story oh after hours, oh. <laughs> after the end of the recording. So that's a, that's the best representation of um, what the Oaks was like. And if you know, you know. And if you don't, you're not going to learn on the show. Oh, okay, okay. You better ask somebody. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. So if you guys haven't picked up by now, uh, Justin is another friend that I met working at Great Oaks. Um, I can say it now because I don't work there. Um, so no worries about that. We met as ELA fellows, teaching fifth through eighth grade, which was absolutely insane. Um, and now, Mr. Jones is a math teacher for what grades? Seventh and eighth. Still rocking middle school. I think, well, I knew you wanted to stay with middle school. I love middle school. It's because I taught one year, my first year teaching was at the Oaks, virtually, uh, mm-hmm. at the high school. And so I taught, uh, <clears throat> I taught, I taught sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And they suck, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Really <laughs> they suck, man. And they're really some. I, 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 I. The seniors were dope. The seniors had a. Uh, the seniors had great hearts, and they were like, "Yeah, we're ready for life." You know, you, you try to teach kids life skills. You're like, "Yeah, get ready," you know. And some of them just aren't taking it. I think a lot of seniors at that point are kind of burned out. And the seniors are burned out. Mm-hmm. The juniors are even worse. The seniors are like, wait, I got to do something. But the juniors are like, I don't care. I got one more year left. So that was like a wash in both regards. And then the sophomores were kind of in the junior class. They were kind of a mix. So like they were kind of just there. Um, no end in sight as a sophomore as that goes. So it was kind of. Yeah. That was one of the more challenging years of teaching. Because like my first year of teaching was virtual. 
It's my very first year of teaching. I never saw those kids in person. I spent the entire year behind this MacBook. Like these are shapes, make them move, do the thing. <laughs> um, and I really fell in love with teaching when I was at the Oaks with Dakota. Like working with the with, working with the fifth through eighth graders, like those guys were they were quirky, quirky beyond yeah. all quirky and weird beyond all of it, but they were so much <laughs> some weird kids. Weird kids, man. <laughs> um, but they were so much fun. They they really had a real zeal for learning that mm-hmm. really made it fun to be their educator. You know, and have some stories to tell and really not come home from school like drained because your kids are so draining. Like middle school is draining in a different mm-hmm. way. High schoolers are like yeah. emotionally draining. Middle school is kind of like, you guys are so, like, stupid. Like, all right. You know? So they're brilliant kids, but they're so dumb at the same time. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you can't help but love them to death. It's like, yo, you're really still figuring life out. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I teach at a private school. These kids are completely different than the uh, the kids at Great Oaks. Completely different, I will say. Same, but different. I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised. But the, the batch of great oaks kids who was um do you remember that one time i think it was a fifth grader got crossed over out of his shoe and went to the nurse i know you're talking about man i still got the snapchat video too i I remember you got the video because i remember we went to the security guard and asked to see the camera footage <laughs> i got the footage of the kids talking about it afterward that kid had to go like he had to go to the nurse's office to kind of get away from everybody talking about him getting crossed so apparently it was bad got crossed out his shoes like shoe actually came off oh no yeah chores he had his head down on his desk for the whole tutorial oh he was so embarrassed i mean you, it also didn't help that two fellows were talking about it <laughs> <laughs> by him so Okay. Could have been anybody's fault. Man. Uh, man. Hey, are, they, I do, are they in eighth grade now? Seventh grade? I think they're in seventh. The fifth graders should be in seventh. Yeah, fifth graders are in seventh now. Yeah, because um, yeah, um, Francis is wild. He's wild now? Yeah, apparently he's just like, he's gotten worse. Oh my gosh. That's Cause, crazy. Cause that's what Rojas was talking about last what? week. Um, is that he's just, because he always had a mouth and now like, He's just older. Oh, goodness. And now he just knows more jokes. I know. Still spicy. Got a deeper voice. Yeah. He'll, he'll like, text me every now and then. Because, like, when I was working on the movie, cause, cause all the kids would be like, Mr. John, why are you back this year? And I'm like, I don't want to come back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, you bothered me too much. I was like, I'm working on a movie. And they, like, cast me in the movie. And I'm like, I don't have that power. And he's like, where is it? I'll just show up and they'll put me in. I was like, leave me alone, bro. I know for a fact you have class. It is a Wednesday <laughs> at, like, one <laughs> how are you even talking to me right now yeah <laughs> oh my goodness i swear like but there's no there are no kids like the kids at great oaks as far as like personality mm-hmm. like those are really like oh just some beautiful souls it's kind of stifled but just some beautiful souls incredible yeah. to teach like a lot of fun so much personality and you know, meeting kids from somewhere else, you would almost be like, I can't believe that the kids at that school still came to school with smile, smiles on their faces at times, comparatively. Yeah. You know, my kids absolutely. in school and complain about having too many questions on the homework. My kids up in Jersey were complaining about like so many other things. Mm-hmm. You know, like the level, the sheer level of complaining between private school and the Oaks is just beyond me. Yeah. That's some, that was, yeah. I mean, that was very eye opening for me. Cause like I kind of like, knew because of like some of friends i had in school but you know like looking like me and where i grew up like moving all the time and being on base it was just a completely different experience i never lived 
Um, so I think I think America was definitely a great program for me to go into, especially as like seems like it's going to storytelling and someone who like already feels like a pretty empathetic person yeah. that's like only made me like realize like, oh, I still have so much work I have to do on myself and be opening. Because like, how you be mad at a kid for like, not having a pencil when you have to realize, oh, this kid got like two hours of sleep last night because of X amount of issues going on. Um, I should be lucky they have the uniform today. Yeah. You know, because I was very, it's very opening and like realizing like, yes, I have a job to do, but I'm not going to get mad at an 11 year old for this being like way out of their control. And the amount of, you know, policy makers who don't have that same empathy or even care at all. I mean, you can tell they haven't been around. Our mm-hmm. kids. And you can tell that even with like looking, reflecting on my time, you could tell that I haven't been around those kids either. You know, like I'm the one who's in the classroom trying to learn how to learning how to be empathetic to these kids because I wasn't raised in that environment. Not saying that being raised in that environment is a requirement to teach that school. You have to be open to learning some empathy and learning some background stories and getting to know some kids. Um, That's the biggest thing. These kids I teach nowadays, anybody can like I I always refer to these kids. These kids are durable. Like these kids are hardy as man. These private school kids. Oh, my gosh. Their parents pick them up every day from school, pack them a lunch, write them a note like they do everything they want to do their, to their heart's content, so much so that they complain. My kids have 3D printers. Like, at their, like two of my kids own, like, they're like, oh, yeah, my 3D printers. They're, like, 3D printing slinkies and playing with them at school, you know? Bro. And I'm like, I remember the first time I came into the school that I teach at now, like, I almost, like, cried because it was kind of like, man, like, I know for a fact that my kids at the Oaks, oh, they would body every single one of you if they had half, if they had half of what you guys had. Mm-hmm. They had half the support system. They had half the family. Like, quite frankly, they had, if they had the other half of the family, they would be yeah. like, oh, my goodness. You know, they'd be exceptional. They'd be like, they're already exceptional, mm-hmm. but they would just blow y'all out the water. Yeah. And so you can really see how just home environment, like their environment in general, really like stifles their growth and where they are, you know. And it really, it really probably put me in awe. Where, like, now I'm thinking back to the kids that I did teach up there, like, the Aidens, you know, who were just like, yo, this kid is brilliant. Han. Yeah. Yo, this kid is brilliant. These, like, these kids, like, yo, you're going to, like, meeting a sixth grader who I'm like, yo, this kid is is going to be smarter than me. This kid might be smarter than me now. Oh, my Like, I'm like this, this kid's going to be like a full ride at, like, an Ivy League. It's, full ride. You know? And yeah. they're so stifled. And I never thought about that because I'm, I'm thinking about it now. The first thing I said when I came to the Oaks was like, what does a perfect day look like to you guys? Like the kids just being quiet and walking around the halls or like, what does it look like? And I always said, I was like, man, like I bet that some of these teachers might be in trouble if they didn't have as many behavioral issues because you actually have to teach. Like you have to teach a full class period. And I teach 70 minute blocks now. I don't know. I forgot how long it was at the mm-hmm. Oaks, but like 90, 90. Could you imagine having to teach 90 minutes because of behavior issues? They're maybe teaching 45. So like, Behavior issues take up half the class period, but now my kids are like, they ask me for extra homework. They say thank you when class is over. Like, they're like, oh, thanks, Mr. Jones. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that blew me away. My kids write me letters. Like, they're, <laughs> Mr. Jones, they write me letters and stuff. Like, the junk is, this junk is crazy. You know, and I'm just thinking back to the Oaks, like, what would a perfect day look like if we didn't spend half the amount of, half the amount of time in class focusing on, like, behavior issues and corrections and stuff? You know, so all that to be said, those kids, the Oaks are brilliant. They're just stifled. And it's a very different experience um, teaching somewhere else. I kind of feel a bit spoiled comparatively. 
Yeah. Hmm. Love that view. So since we've talked a lot about it, uh, what really got you into teaching? Like, when did you know you want to become a teacher? Um, I didn't, quite frankly. Uh, I went to school to become a pediatrician, actually. I knew that I always loved kids. So teaching was never a thing. I knew that I've always, I always wanted to work with children because I think kids make more sense than adults do. Um, went to school, I realized I hate hospitals. Like, I absolutely hate hospitals. Like, nobody goes to a hospital because they feel well. Now, granted, this is kind of a shallow approach because some people are like, well, you could have done outpatient or you could have done these other things. I'm good on that. Uh, so I graduated. I went to Spain for a little bit and worked in my field of biology, realized I hated it. So I came back stateside. And um, one of my friends from college had actually just finished the program the year before. So she's like, oh, yeah, I was in AmeriCorps up in New York. Like, they gave you, like, housing. So I was like, housing? New York? Let's go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, ended up, at the, I was like, well, I mean, I don't have a job. And I feel like I've always had a gift as far as teaching and conveying concepts. Um, and I always love to learn. Like, I'll always, I'll pick up anything. Like, even, like, me learning how to DJ. And so, like, I picked it up and taught myself how to do it, you know, um, just for the sake of being able to teach somebody else, to be honest, to cut that learning curve in half. So I was like, let me go ahead and see if I can get paid to do this. Um, so I went to Jersey, fell in love with it. And I was like, you know, I can see myself doing this for a couple more years. It was the first profession that I really felt like I could use all of my gifts, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can be silly. You can be um, incredibly logical, especially since I teach math. Right? ELA was draining for me. But math is like, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. You know, um, you can be incredibly logical. You can be analytical with the kids. Like, you can be silly. Um, arts and crafts projects. Like, my kids right now, we're making a 3D home. So, like, they're using, like, they're cutting cardboard and foam and building a, building a home using scale factor and, and, like, decorating it using a 3D home building program and rendering it and all these different things. And, like, that is so cool to me. Um, and so, it's, it's cool to be in this field. I feel like I can really be me and not just sit in front of a desk and, you know, click my life away. It's kind of how it feels at times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, ELA, I think ELA tutorial at the Oaks was incredibly draining because it was all just like, hey, uh, we have a bunch of fellows. We don't really know how to utilize them. So just get to these packets. Thanks. Essentially 45 minutes of uh, babysitting. Babysitting and forcing kids to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Relationship building. (laughs) You know. But also you got to get... We all gotta get through your packet and uh, we're gonna yell at you if you spend too much time yeah. trying to talk to these kids but remember what was that was the quote as much as i loved him uh he's okay they're never gonna know how much you care yeah I care exactly. about you, so you don't even give me time <laughs> <laughs> get this packet get it done you know i think we all know it's busy work let's be real mm-hmm. these kids aren't learning from this a lot i realized the kids Looking back as a teacher, like it's kind of hard because I think they designed those packets with a learning plan in mind, but um, the execution was just poor, I think. And the execution is poor because we just don't have resources for it. Some of those kids needed parapros. Some of those kids needed more. I know we had a lot of fellows, but some of those kids needed educators and more experience, quite frankly, uh, yeah. to meet them where they were. I'm still, I feel like I'm, I'm, I have so much to learn. Like I have so much to learn as a teacher. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I have so much to learn as a teacher. So I can only imagine like how bad I was, you know, I was pretty good at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm fired. But like as a teacher, there's just so much nuance to it and learning new ways to approach this, teach these topics and stuff. It's more than just being good with kids and talking to them, you know, and 
I think that was kind of fell short a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to get to more of my questions. Um, you know, lost your questions. So proud of you. I got, I got back to my notes because I, I had to make another note about like, because I made a bump on the audio. Um, uh, so DJing. So you briefly talked about that. And I know when we were living down the hall from each other, you were making all these videos for, uh, for the Yokes, for our little like, the news that they just definitely didn't do last year they didn't do it <laughs> but they also no but they also never reached out to anybody about doing it so it's kind of like oh if somebody didn't volunteer this we're not gonna have it anymore yeah. um and you told me that you're gonna be djing another event so what got you said you picked up djing because you're just gonna learn the learning curve but what like drew you to djing and music um <laughs> the college hustle kind of uh high key um i always okay so backtracking DJing was a thing that a lot of people were very successful at at Georgia State. So I went to Georgia State University, got my degree in biology, yada, yada, um, When I was there, um, there were a couple of kids who started out DJing, like, in their dorm room. And, like, all of a sudden, they're DJing parties on campus. And, like, they're getting paid, like, money, money. Like, Greek organizations are paying them, like, 200 plus, 200, 300 plus for, like, a three-hour party per party. They're running four parties a week. Wow. Like, they're getting paid. These, these DJs at State were well-dressed. One, I know Mark B DJs for 21 Savage now. Uh, John, DJ John J is the DJ for um, Davido. Davido. Damn. Yeah. And I think he's been in a couple of shows with like WizKid and them. Like, I know Mide just did the DJs different weddings and parties all across Atlanta. So it was a lucrative industry. Now, me personally, I've always had like a weird heart towards like trap music and stuff because that's just not my lifestyle. Um, and I really feel like mm-hmm. you become what you listen to and you become what you receive. And so I was like, let me try to find another uh, medium that fits me. And so I started uh, a brand called Vibe ATL where I was finding like flips or like remixes of like old school tracks and stuff. And um, I started curating like fashion shows and art shows. And it was so much fun to me to be able to go to an event and like everybody there be on the same vibe and be like, yo, this music is great. Who is this? Or like, what? I've heard this song before, but like, what version is this? You know, so that's how I got into like the Catronadas and like the Soul Lection radio sounds. And like, there's a whole wave generation of people who are looking and kind of thirsting for that kind of sound. And so from there, I started just making playlists. But um, I realized I was like, yo, I would love to like DJ these same sounds. And so people started letting me like, yo, can you come DJ my art show? Or can you come DJ like uh, this event for me? You know, and I DJed a couple of shows. It was cool. My last one was at like a... Um, it was a, I DJed a, uh, what's it called? A silent party. I DJed a silent party and it was so dope. It was like. Oh, when they have like the headphones yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> a silent party. And so it was like maybe like 200 people, 300 people. And. Wow. It was dope, man. It was dope. It was an outdoor venue. That was back when I had hair. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, I think that was my last gig. After that, um, my heart towards music kind of just changed. Um, even these days, like, I don't know, as a teacher, I feel like I couldn't curse that much. But, like, now, like, I really can't curse that much. It's just not my heart. And so I realized mm-hmm. that I was cursing more and wilding out more when I was listening to, like, Future, you know, or, like, 21 Savage. And it's not to say that anybody who listens to them is, is bad or anything. But for me yeah. and how I speak, I know that I'm very impressionable when it comes to what I listen to. You know, you kind of become what you hear. So cut that out. And DJing kind of went with it a little bit. So I still make playlists and stuff, but just not in the same way. 
kind of makes me uh, laugh a little bit because I remember like a lot of conversation we had last year. Um, like when you kind of like you'd say stuff like that, like, oh, you know, you kind of attract like what you listen to that becomes you. Um, and it was when I was like going through like mental health stuff. I was like, damn, that's crazy, Justin. I'm gonna go drink a four loco though. Y'all be easy. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd be, like, you give me great advice. I'm like, wow. All right, bro. <laughs> anyway, I'm like anyway, I got better help tomorrow. I'm gonna go drink right now. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, but my. but it's like it's definitely true. Um, I think like since one because like. I coupled up so I like stopped welling out but also like before that um I think kind of fall of 2020 like when you'd kind of already gone back to Atlanta um and then just uh Rojas was up in Patterson yeah so it's just kind of like me and I was like oh I'm not really going out and listening to anything or doing stuff I kind of chilled out so I was like damn Justin is kind of right what can I do to make him not right. What can I do to fight this? I feel like I'm becoming a better person. <laughs> Let me actively combat this. Um, but yeah, see, this is why I went on the show. Man is so wise. Man, I appreciate that. Um, I think what I've realized that, I don't know, I had enough I had enough trauma growing up. And it's not, please hear me well, I had a great upbringing. But I think mm-hmm. most people experience some sort of trauma that is significant to them between the ages of zero and 10. All of your life trauma is based on the ages of zero to 10, let's be real. And so what I experienced there, um, <laughs> let's be real. Um, <laughs> Just wasn't rare to be called out like this. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Zero to 10, big dog. So yeah, I, <laughs> I spend the rest of my life, like with a lot of people, you spend the rest of your life either combating that trauma or kind of coddling that trauma. We're like, that's who am I going to be without that? Um, who am I going to be without my shoulders being up and being angry or snapping on people? I am the person that snaps on people. And people don't, People don't say that directly, but they kind of personify that and embody that. If I don't check them, somebody got to check them. I'm just, I'm just the person that checks them, right? Mm-hmm. And some people embody that. And what I've realized is that, I don't know, I think between, there's, there, was a, there was a lot of resentment energy towards different sorts of people that's really like, uh, there's a lot of fuels that, that, gets, that adds that fire when you listen to certain music. Um, that really encourage you to call people, call people out their name and cuss them out and all this energy and, you know, get you and do you type energy that comes from music these days. And in the media and Instagram, like you feel like you're always competing with people, you know, and I realized that the only way I could do the wedding the way that I did, and that this wasn't part of the decision making process, but I'm looking back now and it's like the only way that wedding could happen the way that it did is if I wasn't as connected to what everybody else is doing. Nobody else gets married in a garden and has all these people do these things This that you probably haven't seen anybody else do in that way. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody else is expecting to get married like uh, Gucci and Keisha. We're like, we all got to be in this this big old event hall <laughs> and I got to pull up and drop her off in a Maybach and we got to fly away in a helicopter afterward. Bro. I- <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. Yo. Wait, 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 wait. That's wait, how people wait. are fucking. Fuck? Man, people are getting married these days and it looks like movie trailers, bro. And I'm just actually I can't talk. I was I was about to say I was about to get so mad, bro. I was like, you can't say anything. You know what? This is a great transition because Chorcy acting surprised just pissed me off. I want you to tell Justin what your idea for a wedding is. Uh, yeah. So where they pull up in a Maybach and fly with a helicopter? That's nuts. Uh, yeah. Chorcy, go ahead. So, because I think we're up to about four hours now. My plan for my wedding, and it doesn't matter who my partner is going to be in the future, it, they don't get a say. Um, I'm doing a f- 
Well, it's gonna be a three day concert. Three, three days, days of performing. We gonna rent out some sort of stadium, and we just gonna have party with bottles and dancing. And just have a wonderful time, and we're gonna have a water show during day two. I'm gonna be flown in using like a, a flying like rope set. Uh, gonna have risers to bring me up like from the ground. I'm gonna rise from the dead. Like it's going hey, the smoke. This yes. is this is the exact this exact same situation. Justin saying like, you know, I want to get away from this music. Gonna be full love in the garden with my family, my friends, all dressed in white. And then Chorsey, that's crazy, Justin. I'm gonna rise from the dead. I'm gonna rise from the dead, you know. And this is all before the outfit. This is all before the fit. Oh, there's mo- there's sixteen. 16 fits just for me. For me. Just me. Like, I when I tell you this is going to be a performance. It's a performance. This is, inspired, this is inspired by Little Mix, Beyonce Countdown, Halftime Shows. This is who this man is. Oh, it's, it's, it's a performance with a little bit of wedding sprinkled into it. Like the wedding, okay. 15 minutes. Max. <laughs> and that's a, and then you'll get a five go. minute break. Oh my God. <laughs> water and be back on. Yes, <laughs> you know the news is here. The news is here. They <laughs> gotta stay on schedule. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know, like weddings are like weddings. That's weddings and proposals are, are like movies. Like they're huge these days. You know, I'm I'm, I'm skydiving. Will you marry me? You know, <laughs> and after spending all this money, like a very real question that I heard the other day is like, where y'all gonna live? Where are you? Where are you going to live? If you in the stadium for the next three days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. Yeah. You spend all this money just to get her to say yes. Just to get them to say yes. All that just and then you gotta save for a year. And then however long you save, because we gotta have the money to pay for a stadium, right? You gotta save for all the time. Year? And have the wedding. Oh, you must think I'm making good money if you think I'm gonna do this in a year. <laughs> so now we gotta wait to get married for like five years. You know, and it's kinda just like what is the goal, right? Is, is the goal the wedding or is the goal the marriage? Because I guarantee that that wedding was just the buy-in. Marriage is hard, y'all. Please do not get it twisted. Marriage is difficult. And not difficult in like a way that like you should quit. But I'm saying it's going to cause you to change your character. It's going to cause you to come up off that ego that's like, I know that she's upset, but I don't care, right? Because I'm going to do me like she should just get over it, right? That's a lot. That's all that ego energy has to go when you get married. Otherwise, y'all not going to make it. Y'all going to fall short. Let's be real. We've seen it before. Was like fifty percent of couples, fifty mm-hmm. percent of Christian couples, because I'm Christian. Fifty percent of Christian couples end up in divorce, right? And so it's kind of like y'all do the whole church thing, and y'all still getting divorced. So I'm just curious, you know. And it's, I genuinely believe it's because there's a lot of egos and there's a lot of I- ideal uh, what something should look like, right? People out here trying to build their perfect. Ladies out here like, oh, like I gotta build my man. He gotta be six four, and his bag gotta be seven figures. <laughs> You know, this, that, and the third. And uh, these unrealistic standards are just making things wild, you know? And I, these are all the things that you're eating passively, right? You look on Instagram, you're like, wow, I can't wait to get married one day. It's going to be dope, you know? And all you're doing is just copying what other people have done. And, like, it's getting more and more expensive. It's getting out of control, you know? And so just kind of just bringing it back or calling it back what we were talking about earlier. We're like, the only way I could do, the only way we could do the wedding the way that we did is by truly being authentic to what Taylor and I uh, had gone through in our years of being together and like where we started and doing it the way that we wanted to do it. 
otherwise you can't quite frankly can't afford it <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. or, um it doesn't match your relationship i think that's the big yeah yeah and i think i think it's definitely like that latter part like doesn't match relationship because the wedding you had really like fits with how like how i know you and how like when i briefly met taylor when i was in Atlanta and like seeing as a relationship and discussions we and i uh you and i had, had like on that long drive where we you know we got to have a lot of conversations man to man for 16 whatever hours yeah. um in the u-haul uh <laughs> driving a u-haul for some with somebody for that long you're gonna get to know them I know. <laughs> uh but um it definitely like matched what you had told me what i'd seen of the two of you yeah. like that wedding i don't think would work with like any other relationships that i know like with some of my friends because they'd be like bro like y'all go out every week and i know this is not you you're getting married in a little garden like that's cute you guys did this but don't who are you like convincing but like when i saw those pictures i was like yeah like where's the Bellagio? yeah <laughs> where's the maserati like what you mean yeah it's like but when i saw those pictures come out i was like this this like seems like so right um also kind of the same like with chorsey like if i when this wedding happens i'll be like this is exactly like the performance chorsey that i know that like it's gonna be like this the uh whoever chorsey marries like that man's gotta know like yeah this is my partner is a performer and he's performing for us there's gonna be interpretive dance of our of our marriage our milestones you know act three is chorsey performing what's gonna happen on our 20 year anniversary just because that's like who he is as a person yeah um but yeah i like that take yeah Jeez, this is a deep conversation yeah <laughs> This is good. Yeah, you can't come around without being ready to get deep, man. You can't. Do I know. <laughs> but Dakota, thanks for having me. Josie, thanks for having me. This is an honor and a privilege for sure. This is exactly like, when you want. Like this is, this is. I was like, there's like times I was like just listening to you. I was like, yo, I gotta change some things. <laughs> I could call my own show and just do this to me, bro. Um, but it was, yeah, super. Thanks insightful. so much for doing this, man. So greatly appreciated. Oh. Hey, thank you. All right. Sure. Shout out to the best math teacher in Georgia. We got <laughs> DJ Math. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go ahead oh, and man. wrap it up. So thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, the best way to support the show is just let people know. Social media. Uh, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, if you really want to show us your support, give us your money. That's the best way, really. They tell you that bullshit about, oh, let's, you know, use your words. No, no, use your dinero. Give me that green. Uh, if you subscribe to our Patreon page, you can become a patron for just a dollar a month. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash keep it 100 underscore pod. Uh, if you want notifications about when our new episodes go up, you can sign up on our website, www.ki100pod dot com just a newsletter you also get all of the information about um bios episodes merch all of that fun stuff is all going to be posted there um we'll be back next week with another episode dakota anything else you need to say chorsey just told you what to do if you do like the episode if you don't like it go to therapy because obviously you're doing something um but other than that cue music Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. 
We want to welcome to the Keep It 100 family our amazing executive producer, Zachary J. Bailey, and our talented audio editor, Doxia Ragu. We would also like to thank told you what to do. If you do like the episode, if you don't like it, go to therapy because obviously you didn't do something. Remember to keep it nasty. Other than that, cue music.